0: Have you ever felt like you're extremely busy, but never get anything done? This is something that I hear from women all of the time. Being overly busy oftentimes leads to feeling overwhelmed and anxious. And I know how hard this struggle can be when it comes to managing all of the things. So I've invited guest expert, Erica Diaz Castro of Her Renewed Strength to offer some advice. In this podcast, she's going to share how you can get more done with less overwhelm. So if you're ready to do the work, grab a notebook and pen, and let's get to it. When it comes to women's health, there's an overwhelming amount of information out there, and honestly, it can be quite confusing. Diets, fads, trends, which one is right? Right. What if I told you the answers to optimal health can be found in one of the most ancient medical books ever written, the Bible. If you're ready to take the guesswork out of living a healthier life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show. I'm Rakesia McMillan, honorably retired Air Force veteran, certified health coach, and award-winning author. After years of trying to recover my health the world's way, I was still sick, depressed, and had no energy. Finally, I surrendered to God and He showed me in the Bible how to recover my health and it rocked my world naturally. My calling is to help women who are struggling and burnout to have more energy and lose weight by using God's prescription for physical, mental, and spiritual health. If you're ready to experience extraordinary health, grab your favorite herbal tea or power smoothie and let's get ready to rock your world naturally. God bless you and welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally Show. I'm so excited to have those of you who are listening with us. Once again, thank you for all of our returning and to our new listeners. And for those of you that have been following the podcast this month in July, um, God placed it on my heart to launch a Freedom Series. And one of the areas that God impressed upon my heart for us to be free in is freedom from procrastination. And I'm so very excited, elated um, for hosting my special guest today, Erica Diaz Castro, who's going to share a little bit about her personal uh, journey and her testimony of how God set her free in this specific area. And for those of you that may not know Erica, she is a Christ follower. She is a wife. She is a mama. She's a life coach for anxious, overwhelmed Christian women and helps you to get more done with less overwhelm. You can find her at Her Renewed Strength, the podcast where she talks all things time management and Biblical Mindset. So Erica, welcome to today's show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm very glad to be here. And for everybody tuning in, thank you all for, for allowing me to just show up and pour into you all.
0: Mm, it's a blessing and it's just so timely. Um, even as I was you know, preparing for today, it was just like God you know, showed me the connection <laughs> with the Freedom Series and, yeah. you know, what you do um, as a life coach. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about procrastination, I think it's something that we've all struggled with or battled with at, at some point, or some women may still be battling um, with procrastination. So, Can you share and talk a little bit about your journey, Erica?
1: Yes, I am now a life coach for Christian women who struggle with anxiety or overwhelm. And to be honest, I never saw myself as a person who would ever be good at time management, never mind helping others with that, because I was chronically late. I was always you know, pushing up against deadlines or asking for extensions because I did procrastinate. And I chose short-term pleasure or comfort over diligence and, uh, you know, just being proactive. And so much of that was emotional dysregulation that I can look back at and identify very clearly. But in the moment, I didn't feel that way. I didn't understand that, you know. So, Just to give a little bit of background, I was one of those people who did naturally really well at the things that I I set my mind to, school, sports, projects, things like that. And I suppose in a sense, I took advantage of that and it led to me waiting until the last minute to work on things that I'd committed to that was my case in grade school, in high school, in college. And I got by on that. But it was really when I got into the workforce after about maybe 10 years of working in corporate America, I relocated to California. And the labor laws in California are much different than they are in New Jersey, where I'm originally from. In California, you have to do your work in eight hours. And if your company is not giving you overtime or not approving it, you have unfinished work. Whereas in New Jersey, you could work 12, 13 hours, take your time, move at a pace that is right for your you know, preference. And, and it's okay. Nobody is policing that. But that wasn't the case when I relocated. And what I saw was my work product suffered because I didn't know how to manage my time, how to manage myself really. Um. I think part of that was a result of not knowing how to regulate my emotions in the moment that I sense them. I'm a mom now. I I call big feelings or, you know, negative feelings, big emotions or big feelings with my children. And just saying it in that way helps me to better understand it and it's when I'm having conversations with my friends, they'll say, "Oh, it is a big feeling." Yeah, that's true, you know. But I didn't think about it then in that way because I wasn't yet a mom. And so I just knew that I felt unease. I felt stress that I didn't know what to do with. And it led to me trying to really pacify myself in those moments with something other than what I was supposed to be working on. It could have been social media. It might have been having conversations with a friend, someone I knew was going through something and I'd check on them or I'd work on another project that wasn't as time sensitive as the thing that was. And, you know, not all these things were bad, some of these things were actually good things that I would commit time to, but they weren't good for the situation because I was supposed to be working on something else. Mm. You know, so I think we do that sometimes. And I still find myself sometimes doing that now. I don't have social media. I'm not in corporate America. I don't have poor coping habits like I used to. Um, I'm, I've been free of drugs and alcohol for several years now. Thank God. Mm. All the praise and honor is, is God's. And so mm. now I look at it and sometimes procrastination is me choosing to clean instead of have that conversation, choosing to do work instead of read something that I need to to digest and I think we all do that. We substitute one thing for another because in our view, it is good. But if you think about the circumstance and the situation for that moment, it's actually not good because you should be doing something else. Mm.
0: You know, one of the things that is just really resting with me so much, Erica, that when you really began to do a deep dive into habits and procrastination, you said that you were able to identify it as emotional dysregulation, that um, emotionally there wasn't a balance there when it came down to getting things done. And that's the first time I've ever really heard Um, anyone equate not being able to rest in a stable emotional place um, and really associating that with why the procrastination or getting things done doesn't take place. So was that a revelation from the Holy Spirit or how did you know that?
1: You know, the only reason I started to think about it that way was because I got into life coaching. I I began in fitness and I little by little shifted, got into life coaching and completely switched in 2019, which is about the time I had been praying for the Lord to help me get better with managing myself. And I read this book, it was called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's by Stephen Covey, or Stephen Covey, depending on how you pronounce it. And it really changed my view on how I handled myself when no one was watching. And that that led me to want to focus on that more as a life coach and I see God's hand in everything. You know, the Holy Spirit has led me to different people and different resources. You know, I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to stop being a fitness coach and personal trainer and move solely into life coaching. And like I said, it was about the same time that I had that prompting that I come across this book and just immerse myself in living it out. And because I was living it out and I wanted to be a subject matter expert, I began to do more research. And I found research coming out of, I want to say it was UCLA, where the researchers had done some studies on procrastination And the short version is that they found it was people kind of dissociating from their future selves Mm -hmm. and thinking that they didn't have to really face the consequences of their procrastination, which Mm -hmm. is what allowed them to feel empowered in those moments when they were procrastinating or at least not bothered by their actions because they almost didn't feel like their future self was part of them and that they wouldn't suffer those same consequences. Um, And it reminded me of when I would, be under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And around that same time I made the decision to stop doing drugs. And the following year, kind of because I needed to be a responsible person, I, I end up getting pregnant and you know, we're we're expecting my son and I stopped drinking. And so all of these things that I used to use to cope I were taken away or I gave them up and I gave them to the Lord. I had no desire for them. And it was about the same time that I'm digesting all of this information and I'm seeing, oh, I, I wasn't actually comprehending that I'm going to have to still pay the price for, for pushing this back, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's so good. Just getting the the visual and the whole perspective of, Your journey and how God has just um, been walking with you along this path. And so when you began to take those initial steps where God was just opening up your eyes to this, what were some of the initial things that started to change for you, Erica? The initial thing that changed for me, or I
1: would I would even say that this was the the reason I started to desire something different was that I spent more time in God's word. Mm. And in doing so, I was hearing what it looked like to live a fruitful life. And I was reading and understanding what it looked like to be a better steward of what was available to me including the days and you know i was diagnosed with cancer a few years before that Mm. when i was you know before 2019 and 2016 i was diagnosed with cancer so i had a a huge wake-up call um i thought about time differently and the more time i got to have after that diagnosis the more i treasured it Mm -hmm. So I would say that really studying and becoming a student of the word was the catalyst for shifting my perspective and really shifting my desires to honor God and to glorify him even through my time and through my tasks. Mm -hmm. So when that began, that process began, it was very painful and my inclination was to hold on to comfort. But again, I had already given up drugs and I was giving up alcohol. We are in the midst of the pandemic at, you know, in June of 2020, when I learned that I was pregnant and the ways that I, ha- I could cope with things or the ways I knew how, better said, the ways I knew how to cope with things were no longer things that I agreed to do so the only other thing i could think of was to be immersed in god's word Mm -hmm. so the very thing that that was the catalyst for change was also now my comfort and my coping mechanism and i journal i journal all my prayers since i was a child i have notebooks upon notebooks with prayers and me studying and just thoughts and poems and everything that I could get out of my head onto paper. And I did more of that and I studied God's word even more. Mm -hmm. And it just allowed me to see myself accurately, I think, because I was not comparing myself to people in the office I wasn't comparing myself to my husband. I was comparing myself to what God said was good.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, the Word of God
1: is the transformative
0: power to change our old mindsets into the kingdom or the biblical mindset of how God sees us. And when we begin to really embrace, how God sees us, as you were saying, Erica, like you weren't comparing yourself to other people anymore. You weren't comparing yourself to your husband or others, but just aligning your life with the word of God and what God said about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Part of the, you know, I touched on emotional dysregulation. I have that term in my vocabulary now, but at the time I wasn't using that phrase. Um, I just knew that I would lose my cool and I, I was more likely to have some sort of physiological response to anxious thoughts around that time. And I knew that it was not good, Um, I knew that if I was going to be a representative of the Lord, that things that worried me could not, if I wanted to actually do the work, I couldn't let those things take me to a place where I lost my sense of self and where I was incapable of remaining really in in myself, you know? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because, you know, even as you were um, sharing about the word and allowing that word just to really saturate your entire being, because many times the word of God is that compass, right? And when we start renewing our mind and feeding our spirit, that's the anchor that will ground our emotions. It will ground our actions. And so, starting with the Word of God to help regulate the emotions. And so, mm-hmm. for you, Erica, was it like you started spending 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day? Like, what did that look like when you made that commitment to immerse yourself, get into God's Word more? How did that begin for you in your journey?
1: Oh wow! I it started years before that. It was a it looked different, you know how I filled that time looked different. But initially, I was I I committed to reading the Bible in a year in two thousand and fourteen. So I began January first of two thousand fifteen, and. Th- Truth is that I had not really read through it and understood it in the past. I grew up Catholic and we touched on it in like CCD classes or in catechism and you know the other classes in my high school, but it was not the same. Um and so I was, you know, I had step, I had stepped away from the Lord for several years through college and it was after college that I came back to the Lord and recommitted my life. And I remember thinking, if I'm going to submit to Jesus, and I remember when I raised my hand to recommit to Jesus, to following Jesus, I understood that I would not do the same things that I was doing. And that was very important, I think, for for what led me to want to study the Bible or at least know what it says. Because I knew that some of the things that I was doing were okay with culture. And some of the things that I was doing were based on what I had previously understood. And I was like, you know, maybe I don't, ha- I definitely don't have some of these things. Right. But maybe I don't have any of it. Right. So I just committed to reading the Bible in a year and I did it on the Version app. I found some Bible in a year plan It was intense, it was very, very intense because there was so much of the text that I was committing to reading each day.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But I'm one of those people who, (laughs) when I set my mind to something, I will do it. Mm -hmm. And I was competing in bodybuilding at the time. Mm -hmm. So I spent a significant portion of my day in the gym. Instead of listening to music, I would put the Bible app on and have it read to me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got it in for that year. You know, it was, it wasn't the the most popular thing that my, the girls who I competed with, um, you know, they'd ask for playlists. I'm like, well, I'm listening to Leviticus. And they're like, <laughs> I they're like, some of them were Christian and they're like, girl, how do you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> I just, I just feel, I just have to pretend that it's like, God himself reading to me. You know, that's the way that I show up. Yeah. And and I did and after that, I did not. And this is just being honest. I didn't have a desire to read the Bible every day. And some days I didn't train, so I had to, you know, find a way to to still read and, and, and hear mm-hmm. the word of God or look at it. And and sometimes I had to play it again. Cause I'm like, I just blanked out on a thought, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just that commitment. I remember just taking it very serious and I prayed, I was like, Lord, please give me a desire to read your word. Cause I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And over time it came. And by the end of that year, I wanted more. And so I committed to studying the word of God and that was 2016 was the next year. And I just started by listening to a teacher on a podcast. It was the late pastor Chuck Smith. He was at a Calvary chapel in Costa Mesa, California. And I just remember it wasn't fluffy. It wasn't like, you know, a lot of big churches, I go to a big church, so shout out to my church. But mm-hmm. a lot of big churches, they do topical studies, right? And they'll sprinkle in some verses. He didn't teach that way. He, mm-hmm. taught, he taught straight from the word of God. It was an expository teaching. And, yeah. and I loved it. And I just, I learned so much. And I had my little Bible and I would write in between the lines. And growing up Catholic, my mom was like, don't write in your <laughs> Bible, you know? <laughs> and I'm like doodling all over my Bible. I still have the same Bible. It looks so crazy to some people, but, you know, I just was like gleaning so much. Mm. And, and out of that prayer came, I mean, the Holy Spirit responded and, and gave me the desire each morning I would wake up. And even if it was just 20 minutes that I that I would read right. and listen to him teach, I would sit there after and at, at least five, 10 minutes just journal all my questions and and mm-hmm. write down prayers in response to what I felt convicted, you know, in that of in that moment. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it didn't look beautiful. Some some girls, you know, they have a, a really pretty setup. I've seen some of my friends with their their quiet time area mm-hmm. in and mine looked real, you know. I'm from Newark, and <laughs> I had to, <laughs> looked like something out of out of summer I have in Newark, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, mm-hmm. no, that's so so good. And just really again, the word of God is just so interwoven into your breakthrough. You know? mm-hmm. The word of God helped you to break free from the addiction. Anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. which help to lead you down the path of prioritizing and following God's leadership in those areas.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think so much of what we learn from the Lord is how to see things with the proper perspective. So I am I'm so grateful that the Lord gave me that. Mm-hmm. And that's so good. And it's a and it's
0: a great encouragement because so many times, you know, we are pressed and inundated with the world's way of doing things. That you can try this, you can try that. And so many different methodologies methodologies to try to overcome the struggles of life but many times it's just that one thing Erica the word of god that is so powerful to bring transformation in our mindset the word of god brings transformation in our soul where we carry our emotions and so even if there's a woman who's listening and you're facing that emotional dysregulation that Erica was speaking about and you're trying to break habits on your own (laughs) through whether it's, you know, our flesh or just trying to do it in our own strength. We cannot do it in our own strength, but it's through the word of God the power of God, the scripture says not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, that these things will be accomplished
1: in your life. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we are a little too influenced by culture and the, you know, empowerment to be your best self and to just you know, be disciplined or to just show up and all of the things that that show us that we don't, or kind of try to convince us that we don't need God, that we don't need help. And that is a big fat lie. I think the, the best thing that we can do is finally admit to ourselves that we are not enough, despite what the books and the gurus tell you. We are not... We can't do it all, right? I think one of the things that when I was growing up that I believed is like, women can do it all. And I, I know women who do it all and they, they suffer in a lot of different, unique, yeah. deep ways, you know? Wow. Um, when we can admit that we are not enough, when we can be honest with ourselves about our true capacity. I think there's a lot of room for us to be able to then be filled by the Holy Spirit and be led and be strengthened in the right times. And part of that looks like asking for help, Mm -hmm. even when you don't want to, or even when you, you feel too proud to. Um, And other times it looks like being able to just lay some things down and to rest um, and some of the things that we need to lay down, quite frankly, are the things that give us anxiety, like social media, like mm-hmm. entertaining conversations that aren't life giving, even if someone else is the, a person you care about, even if that person wants to vent or just wants to, that's how they choose to spend time with you. Um, I think we need to be very discerning mm-hmm. ab- about how we use our time and be much more effective at setting boundaries that allow us to be healthy, not just mentally and emotionally, but spiritually. Mm -hmm.
0: No, that's so good. And you hit on a key area when it comes down to setting those boundaries, Erica. And so for some women, do you have any insight on why it may be difficult uh, to set those boundaries and maintain those boundaries?
1: Yes, absolutely. There are a few things that come to mind. I call them productivity pitfalls in my course on Heaven's Timeline. And one of those pitfalls is people-pleasing. I actually just listened to a sermon that was um, by a pastor in... Oh, I don't know where he was, but it was really good. His name is David, David something. Mm-hmm. And he was teaching on 1 Timothy 2, which is can be a controversial uh, passage depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. And in this passage, he was just highlighting how women at times acquiesce more than men, mm-hmm. or are more likely to acquiesce because we are in our nature agreeable because Mm -hmm. in our nature, we want to be helpful Mm -hmm. because we were designed to be suitable helpers, you know? Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think we need to be much more aware of those, not just activities, but also relationships that, we are more prone to give in on when it comes to boundaries we set. So people-pleasing is a big one. And a verse to study and really sit with is Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. And I'll just read it off real fast. I have to flip to it in my Bible, but um, off the top of my head, I know that Galatians chapter one, verse 10 speaks to this. It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings Mm. or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm. And this verse is important to remember because sometimes the things that we are waiting to say yes to or waiting to take action on are the very things that the lord has commissioned and authorized us to do Mm -hmm. but you know enter whatever reason you haven't taken action yet that thing is in the back of your mind or at the front of your mind um, I was just, you know, you and I, Rikisio, were talking about this before, but one of the things that I have found from a lot of women I talked to recently, both in the community that we have at Her Renewed Strength, in my personal circles, in my in my actual church, I speak to women and they're like, I want to serve, but I want to get more involved in our local church but and there are these reasons that they're using as ex, you know excuses really to delay taking action despite the Lord despite the Holy Spirit already have having convicted them of their inaction you know mm-hmm. and part of it is maybe they're they're going to have to sacrifice time at this gathering or they might not be able to go out so late on Saturdays and that might let this person down or maybe they're you know their kids might not want to be at church that long or more frequently and my question would be who do you serve first mm. It's a hard question, I think, but it's an it's easy to answer if you're being honest. It's hard to answer if you're being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to take a really good, honest look at ourselves, and I think that's why mm-hmm. it's important to be in fellowship with other believers because you can have these conversations more um, candidly and other believers, we understand, you know, we, we can, we can confess these, these sins of ours to each other and then take action and hold each other accountable. That is why it is so important to be plugged into a local church involved in the body of Christ and not hiding behind the internet or, you know, online church, you know, the pandemic is done, guys. Like We, we need to, to make our way back and be with our brothers and sisters in Christ because we each bring something to the table and delaying and not taking action because of whatever fear or belief you are holding on to, I think is, is something that you need to bring to the Lord. Confess it and repent of it.
0: Amen, amen, amen. And so for those sisters who are listening, Erica, as they've been hearing you share your journey and how God has brought you to this place, and they are thinking that, you know what, it's time for me to be honest Mm -hmm. with where I'm at, the position that I'm in, and I need some support. I need help to do that. Where can women find you out on the web? Where can they find your community? Where can they connect with you, Erica?
1: Well, I would love to connect with each of you listening personally. You can email me, Erica, at herrenewedstrength.com, E-R-I-K-A, at herrenewedstrength.com. Let me know you listen to this conversation with Rakesia. And I would love to pray for you, get to know you, help you find a church if you aren't plugged into a local church. Um, and if you are looking for a community of women who are like-minded, who also struggle with anxiety or overwhelm at some level, I still do. Um, and also are just wanting to improve in the areas of time management and, and growing in your relationship with the Lord through consistent Bible study, which is a spiritual discipline, you can join our free community, Her Renewed Strength, the community. You can go to herrenewedstrength.com forward slash community. We make it real easy. Um, the only thing we do ask is that you answer the membership question so we know that A, you're a real person because we've had some bots try to join, and then B, so that we can know you actually do want to join and it isn't just like a mistake, click of the button.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for sharing and being a valuable resource, uh, safe haven for our sisters who are looking to overcome in those areas of anxiety, overwhelm, depression, and with you helping um,
1: with God's leadership to to help them to be free. Amen. It's it's honestly the an honor for me to do this, um, to be able to minister to women in a cool, unique way, and to be able to connect with other sisters in the faith like you. I mean, how we ended up getting connected—it was so so unique, but so beautiful and wonderful. You you've become one of my favorite people, especially in the podcasting community. And I'm grateful for that. So mm-hmm. thank you for having me and for allowing me to just be vulnerable and, and pour into your, mm-hmm. your audience.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. And I just pray
1: that God's
0: blessing would continue to rest upon you and the work that you were doing to help the women of God and just many blessings to you in the ministry work that God has called you to. Amen. And I pray that for you too. Thank you so, so much. And Erica, would you mind just saying a prayer for the women who are listening today?
1: Oh yeah. I don't mind at all. Heavenly Father, I am just so grateful for this time. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, that we can turn to you and that even if it takes us a little longer you are there waiting that when we draw near to you lord you draw near to us and i'm just so grateful that you care about the details that you care about the things on our hearts the thoughts in our heads and and that you are sovereign over all of life's circumstances Lord, I just ask, oh Lord, that you would be with each of the women who are tuning into this conversation, that you would reveal yourself to these women, make yourself even more known that there would be a deeper desire to know you, that these women would seek you and that they would serve you with all of their hearts, minds, and souls, and that they would love you unconditionally and Just look forward to seeing you face to face one day. I pray over their families. I pray over their finances. I pray for breakthrough in the areas where there is just, where there are chains, where there is instability. I pray for peace and I pray for joy. Thank you that you love us and that you are with us. And I just ask all of this in the name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 God bless you, Erica.
1: Oh, thank you. God bless you. I love you.
0: I love you too. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I pray that it blessed and challenged you to move towards living the abundant life that God has for you. If so, would you stop right now to share this episode with someone who's been praying to improve their health spiritually, physically, or emotionally? I would love it if you could take 30 seconds to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is the only way that I know that you're liking the show. Also, it rocks my world to hear from you. Lastly, come on over to my free community, rakesiamcmillancommunity.com to grab your free gifts. I have everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses or connecting. Also, head over to rakesiamcmillan.com to explore my health products and sign up for free complimentary health coaching. My prayer for you will always be 3rd John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. I'll see you in a few days. God bless.